Tokyo Last Stories with Mini Okagram. Today we're joined by Oli Pope. Oli, how's things going in India? All good, thanks. All good. Uh, pretty boring at the minute. Locked in our hotel rooms for about six days, um, all isolating before before the series. So just got to clear a few COVID tests and then get cracking with it. Let's take it all the way back with yourself. What is your earliest memories of the sport? It's a bit of a classic, to be honest. Um, playing in the backyard with dad. Uh, I, I don't know why I remember it. I remember it so clearly. Rainy day. I must have been probably five or six years old. Um, and him just throwing some balls at me. Um, and I, I don't know how I remember it, but that's just my first first clear memory of any sort of cricket. And then I guess got into some matches soon after. Was batting always your strongest suit as a youngster? Or did you throw a few medium paces down there as well? I did, I did a bit of everything. I'd, I'd like to I open the bowling a little bit uh, and then got the gloves on for the second half of the innings as well. So I did some keeping and then batting. Yeah, always, always batted. And then I stopped bowling probably at like 14 years old or something like that. And then... Yes, and my shoulder couldn't take any more. Um, so, yeah, batting was always the main strength, but always sort of dipped dip my toes in elsewhere as well. So when did Surrey first spot your talents? Uh, I had my first Surrey trial as a seven-year-old for the Surrey under-nines. Uh, I remember rocking up and the guys were all felt a lot bigger than me and hit the ball a lot harder and bowled a lot quicker than me. So didn't get in that year and then joined the, and then got in the year after. So as an eight-year-old, that's when I started out for Surrey and fortunately played played my whole way through. Um, there's a, I think one or two of us started at under eights and we managed to stay on the staff now. So it's uh, some great memories at the club. So as you go through the ranks, even when you play for like your club side, school, you come across a lot of coaches was there one particular coach that kind of stood out for you that really guided you and helped you at the early stage of your of your cricketing journey um it's a tough one i think at the at, the, at such a young age and all your sort of old enough to really understand the game yourself. Uh, you sort of do what you're told. I think I worked with a guy called Sid. Uh, we obviously spoke about him earlier and um, probably till I was about 12 years old. Then after that, uh, a guy called uh, Neil Stewart, Alex Stewart's brother, actually. I worked closely with him and he was great for me. Uh, and then my school coach as well was a massive influence. He, he devoted a lot of hours into throwing balls at me and putting putting balls in a bowling machine to me. So that was um, that was sort of the main the main guys, but they've all sort of had their had their fair share of help for me on the way. And then when you signed your professional contract for sorry, was it were you 18 years old? Am I correct in saying? Um, at that stage, so, yeah. yeah, at that stage, was your did you see your game more suited to the shorter or the longer form? At that time, probably probably the longer form. I broke in uh it was my first game was a semi-final against Yorkshire in a 50 over game. Um so I first got picked in the white ball stuff, um, did okay, didn't didn't light it up by any means and then got picked in the red ball stuff the season after. Uh, and then I guess my red ball game sort of accelerated a little bit quicker than my, my white ball game and opportunities on the next level have popped up on, uh, on the red ball stage. But um still like to think my white ball game is good enough one day to sort of break through as well. But yeah, I guess when I first broke in, the white ball probably was the, the sort of the ramps and stuff were my strength. Yeah, so obviously you're of an age where kind of T20 cricket has been embedded 
uh, in you just from a, for just from the start. Do you ever feel just when you're coming through the ranks that you kind of had to be a bit more expansive, kind of catch catch the eye of coaches, or was it always your kind of thing where you just felt like if you stick to your core principles of batting, then your talent will kind of shine through? What were your thoughts? Absolutely, I think I think the the core principles are what's going to get you to the top. Um, I think the the rest of the stuff. For example, those reverse sort of sweeps and those reverse paddles, I, I've tried it more times in games than I probably have in a net. Um, so I think that that's sort of natural ability and a bit of instinct. So I think um, the, the core is the most important thing for any young batter, sort of the, get a good defence. You look at the best sort of four or five batters in the world, they've got great defence and then they base their game around that and then the, the trick shots, as they call them, can uh, come in a little bit later. Also, would it be fair to say that as any kind of batsman, once they go through the ranks, the thing that changes most is the pace of bowlers that you face and that ability then to kind of adapt and play on the uh, on the back foot as opposed to kind of, you know, getting yourself on the front foot and just playing your those medium paces down the ground. You've obviously at a young age adapted better than a lot of like most was there anything that you were doing as a youngster, any specific drilling, or was, or did you kind of just work it out yourself, like in match situations? A little bit of both, really. I guess when when you're at a younger stage, just when you suddenly face a quick bowler, you're like, "Jesus, this, this is tough." Um, so it's all about preparation in the nets, to be honest. I think if you can get yourself in the bowling machine, ramp it up a little bit, that will put you in pretty good stead. Uh, but personally, I found myself my biggest sort of hurdle and thing that when I started growing and getting a little bit strong uh, sort of 16 7 I could actually start playing proper proper shots really before then I was trying to hit everything I was trying to cut everything and put everything behind square so because I just didn't have the power to sort of drive a ball straight down the ground for four or anything or down down the ground for six so that's obviously a big thing as a youngster because you just sometimes just don't have the power just to hit it hit it down the ground or over the top so you've got to adapt your game in the slightest and then I guess that's why you see some some big lads at a young age dominating, um, but don't necessarily go on to to the next level. So it's just getting that basic foundation, and then you can grow into it. Sort of when you, for me, it was when I was sixteen or seventeen and got a lot stronger. And that first century for sorry was it twenty seventeen? Did that just kind of give you that confidence that you can do it at the professional level? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a bit of a cliche until you get that first century as a batter for whatever team you're playing in that, I think that's when you really feel at home um, I think there's obviously depending on where you bat and the different formats but I guess that scoring a century for Surrey at the time was everything I wanted to do so um, so that was really important for me to feel a good part of the team and gain the confidence from my teammates but that's not to say a, a 60 or a 70 or an 80 is not a good score because that's, that's still great as well but those personal milestones are always nice too any tips you can give to youngsters in terms of kind of constructing an innings? Do you look to count your work, count your scoring tens? Do you ignore the scoreboard? Like, how do you? Any, any advice in terms of going big? Yeah, I think I think the you've got to remember as a batter, the hardest time to bat is when when you faced five balls or when you faced zero to zero to twenty balls is the hardest time to bat. 
once you face 30 balls, you've got the pace of the wicket, you know what the bowlers are doing. So, um, and it's still something all of us at the, at the top level are working on as well. You see, sometimes I play a drive too early in my innings and end up nicking it because I'm not quite at the pace of the game. So if you can get through that 30, 30 balls and then just stay at a steady tempo throughout the rest of the innings, I think that's the best way to go. And I think that's what that's what's brought me success is when I've got to 50, I've, a lot of the time sort of for Surrey and in professional cricket, I've managed to kick on and get a bigger score. And I think I use that sort of example as... When I, when I am on 50, I'm seeing the ball like a like a football a lot of the time. So it's the easiest time to bat. So if you can just stay at the same tempo, keep it as simple as you can, um, then that, that's going to work into your hands. Do you also like looking at or watching footage of bowlers on, like, that you're going to be facing? Or are you one where you just kind of want to stay away from that, again, concentrate your own game and just kind of adapt when you're out in the middle? I think it's a mixture of the two. I, I mean, I, I was sat here this morning watching Ashwin bowling, so because I haven't really played against him once, um, but I was watching how certain players go about facing facing a bowler like him with his quality. Um, the, the, but that's not to say you don't want to get too wound up in what the opposition's doing. You want to know. I think my my biggest advice would be know how the bowler's trying to get you out. Um, so, for example, they might try and nick you off bowling away swing. Um, and once you know exactly how they're trying to get you out, then you just form your game and worry about your game around that. And that's when you, that's when your clear plan comes in. And yeah, that's when you get, that's when you worry about your own movements. Once you know exactly how the bowler's trying to get you out. And then 2017-18, that winter, you were on this ECB overseas placement programme where you went down on the, was it um, Campbellton Camden? Is that, is that correct? And Campbelltown, Campbelltown is called. And so how yeah. was that as an experience? Obviously, you shone, I've read some stats, was it just under a thousand runs, three centuries? How was that as, a, as an experience, a life experience, as well as a playing experience? Oh, it was great. It was great for me. I'd gone from sort of living at home, um, getting everything sort of done for me, all my washing, all my cooking. And well, I still don't cook, actually, so that doesn't matter. Um, but to living on my own, being the the big overseas at the club that everyone expects a high high performance from because he's coming from this sort of ECB programme. So that, it's good to have that pressure on you early on in your career. Um, and I think it's just good to you can spend, from a cricket point of view, you can learn a lot about your game. It's a chance to, obviously, cricket's a summer sport. You, you, play, you play in the summer and... I think there's no better time to learn about your game than there is than when you're actually in the middle. So that was a massive experience for me and a massive opportunity to play. I don't know how many, maybe 20 games of cricket out there and learn learn good ways, learn what I do well, what I do badly. So from that point of view, it was great. I think that you can't replace game time. Um, and then from from a personal point, just sort of living a li- little bit, I sort of kind of lived on my own Um I was sort of looked after by this family who were great to me. And it was just, it was a new experience away from home for sort of six months straight. And I loved every minute of it. And it was, it was out west. So I was away from the beaches and the, the sort of the nightclubs of Sydney a little bit. So that was probably, probably a good thing at the time. Uh, but no, they, they were awesome to me. And it, it's a great, it's something I'd, I'd sort of encourage any young cricketer to do because you can learn so much about your game and you as a person as well. Yeah, obviously I was going to ask then, once obviously this when this pandemic is over is that something you'd encourage players to go out there play in different conditions something that will kind of you know stand you well as you go down the 
down the track in your professional career? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I was, when was it? Last, last winter, um, did my shoulder in the summer. So missed a fair bit of cricket and wasn't really sure what, if I was going to get picked for any sides in the winter. So I'd already planned to, to go out again and do do the whole thing again. Uh, luckily, I was I was picked in the England side again, which was great. Um, but that was my fullback was going to be go out and just play some more cricket, grey cricket in Sydney. So I couldn't I couldn't speak more highly of the the whole sort of experience. So I think it's great for any young player if they can and to to try and get the name in the hat and do it. And then 2018, when you come back home, sorry, win the championship that year. You're averaging 70 odd with the bat. How much confidence did you did you enter that season with? What clicked for you? Obviously, you were still a young man then. What clicked for you when you, you know, when you were um, season? I think just what I had learned in the winter was a big part of it. I remember going into that first game against Hampshire and I was pretty nervous um, just because I still hadn't played a massive amount for Surrey. Um, I was still nervous. I remember getting a scratchy 30 in the first innings and then getting 140 in the second. And that was only my second century. But suddenly after that, people were writing saying I should get picked for England. So I was like, this all feels a bit too rushed and too hurried. Um, and luckily, kept on having a good season for Surrey and we won that championship, which was amazing. But couldn't tell you exactly what clicked. I think I just found found a good rhythm, found a good way of batting and just stuck with it and tried to stay sort of as level as I can throughout that season, um, uh, which was which was very enjoyable. Yeah, that's that year you also got the England call. So after, was that my correct? Was it just after 15 first-class games? And when you did get the call... I think may, maybe even less. Maybe even less. So when you did get the call, what was your first emotions? Who rang you up first? And how are we feeling? You're going to be making your debut at Lords against India. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, I remember getting the phone. I remember reading an article the night before um, for uh, in the Telegraph or something saying I was in with a good chance of getting picked for that for that test against India at Lords, and I was like, yeah, whatever. Didn't really believe it, but still, it was still on my mind. I remember going to bed, it was on my mind. I was like, Gee, imagine if that happened. Because um, I was still so young in the cricketing world as well. So, um, And then I remember just driving in my car and on the dashboard, the name Ed Smith popped up, obviously the national selector. So I remember calling, answering the phone to him and I was sort of in shock. I had to pull over and just sort of just chill out. I was actually driving to, to play a Surrey uh, T20 for Surrey. And I remember just that feeling. I was just cool. I called my parents straight away. I actually called my one of my best mates and then my my family in Australia who looked after me a little bit. So um called them all up and just remember it being incredibly surreal. I think playing for England, that first cap, this it's everything it's everything you dream of as a kid. And for it to happen so early, it was it was it was an incredibly special, special moment. So one that I'll never forget. Yeah. Who who presented you with your cap and what words were were said? Do you recall? Yeah, Alex Stewart, um, which was great. Obviously, Surrey, Surrey Gaffer. Um, and he gave a great speech. He, do, he does everything very professionally. And he gave a great speech. And he sort of took him took himself back to when I was a nine-year-old. He presented me my under, an under-nine player of the year at Surrey, um, which was pretty cool. And then he sort of said that in his speech, saying, I'm, I've presented you under my player, now I'm going to present you England cap. So having him out there at Lords against the number one side in the world was um, it was an incredibly special day. I think, yeah, one that I'll never forget. Whatever happens in your career, that's just a moment that no one can, anyone, no one can ever take away from you. 
Yeah, then the following year, 2019, you do suffer a, a sh your first shoulder injury. How was that as a feeling in terms of mentally knowing that you'd be out of the game for a, for, for a period? Did it, was it difficult mentally or was it something that you just kind of thought uh, you took it as an opportunity to kind of recharge and, you know, reflect on everything that happened in your, in your short career today at that point? Yeah, I think you've nailed it on the head there. Don't get me wrong, it was incredibly difficult. We were going into an Ashes summer at home. I was keen to get my name in the hat for selection. Um, so that that's, was ruled out of uh, situation. But um, I then realised that I'd played a lot of cricket in my in my, my three years as a professional had been non-stop cricket, which I, I didn't need the break, but I think it gave me a bit of time to reflect, um, a little bit of time to look at my game and sort of take a step back and work out what the slight adjustments I can change. So it was a great time to refresh. And unfortunately, it's been a bit stop-starty since then, but I used that sort of three months in the season to sort of analyse what I can do, but also get away from the game a little bit as well, enjoy some family time and enjoy a bit of time away, which was uh, which was probably needed at the time. Um, but it just makes you even hungrier when you get back and so uh, and that that I was so I was very excited to get back playing yeah when you did come back was it you were averaging 100 for 100 off a sorry um that that year when you came back and then you get reselected in the English squad you tour um away uh, against New Zealand and then South Africa you got your first century for England away in South Africa how was that as a moment in your career to date as well yeah, that was that was a very special day. I think the as as a batsman, uh, your first aim, or as a cricketer, your first aim is to play for for England, and your second aim as a batsman is to score a hundred in a Test match for England. So that that was incredibly special. Um, it was that was a great tour. Um, it, it was I felt in really good nick. It was great to get the the series win as well, and then. That's, that's, I guess, after then, that's when it's been pretty frustrating. Obviously, COVID, we, we got to Sri Lanka, COVID happened, and it's just been pretty pretty stop-start since then. But that was an incredibly special tour, and to go away and play a full series and win against a side like South Africa and to contribute was was a great feeling uh, by the end of it. And then 2020, last year, obviously, it's the, the, the year of the bio-bubbles. You just... Take us into the England dressing room as well, in terms of who are the jokers in the pack, the motivators. Just give us a little insight for those watching. Uh, the jokers are pretty obvious. Mark Wood's a, a bit of a joke. Well, not a bit, a bit of a joker, a massive joker. He's always sort of, he's always doing something bizarre, but it's good, keeps the energy within the camp up. And I think it's, it's great to be a part of. Everyone's got their own little roles in the team. You see some lads every night will go play cards. Some will keep themselves to themselves a little bit more. Um, others will play a bit of Call of Duty. you get Don Bess and Matt Parkinson, the two young spinners, watching a film every night together and things like that. So everyone's got their own little friendship groups and... Um, it's a good, unique scenario to be in, but everyone gets on really well together and it's great to be a part of. Yeah, then that last year, obviously, you suffered the second shoulder injury. Was that, is that has it been more difficult to take than the, than the first one? How's your mental kind of state yeah. been through the injuries side of things? This side, I've, I've, although there was, I think what I struggled with last time, there was a lot of cricket going on while I was while I was injured. This time, the the only positive is I haven't missed too much Test cricket. Um, but it's been, I'll, I'll be honest, it's been pretty pretty tough. I think it happened probably five 
five or so months ago and to go through pretty much exactly the same rehab process but everything just taking a few months longer and in the space of two years has been I've, I've found quite challenging mentally at times you're trying to get yourself up for a three-hour session on a Sunday morning just to do some shoulder rehab and lift some pretty light weights it's, it can be frustrating at times um and especially after the the pandemic in the summer didn't play a massive amount of cricket only got to play in the test matches um the so it's been very stop starting and very frustrating. So I'm pr- I'm pretty eager just to get back on the park, get back playing, and enjoy a good run of just playing cricket, whether whether that be for Surrey or England. And then yes, at the time of recording, we're just a few days out from the start of the India Test series. So when you do go and actually play abroad, in terms of your mindset, do you look to do you actually just go into it like with preconceived thoughts in terms of the way you're going to approach things? Like for example, in the subcontinent, do you, would you look to adapt your training and say, I'm going to be playing, for example, spinners more off the back foot or play play the ball a bit straighter as opposed to squarer because the ball doesn't seem as much? Or again, is it just you want to play your, or is it your mindset to play your natural game and then just kind of adapt once you're actually out in the middle? once you're actually facing the bowlers how do, how do you approach things yeah I think uh, the the main thing is you've got to prepare and you've got to be proactive in, in your thinking um, obviously we've just seen the boys out in Sri Lanka playing and you saw what what brought success and what brought sort of struggles and um, everyone's got their own way of playing and I think it's very important when you get into new conditions you do your research you speak to the right people and you go in with a very very clear game plan of how you're going to face each bowler and of course you've got to you've got to react depending on the pitch and how the pitch reacts um but it's important just to be yeah, very prepared and very almost try to be ahead of the game so you don't want to be reactive and think oh I'm a game in I've got to start changing all these things you want to you want to ideally have have a pretty good plan of how exactly you want to play each bowler which is I think very important and then just to end on what are the future goals and motivations for yourself for for the months and, and years ahead? Uh, short term, I guess, is just keep keep my spot in the world. Get back into that England side. Obviously, I haven't been fit for the last two tests. So if I can pass myself um, fit for this first test, hopefully get selected. Um, then without looking too far ahead, um, try, and, try and score some runs and keep in the side. And we've got a very exciting summer ahead. We play New Zealand and India in test matches into into an Ashes winter. Um, so, an Ashes winter is uh, something every kid dreams of going down under to play against the Aussies. And the Ashes is, is would be would be a dream come true in a way to, if I could get on that plane. So, there's a lot of cricket to be played before then. But if I keep training hard and doing the right things, hopefully I can score my runs, keep my place on the side, and um, hopefully be on that plane come just under a year's time so that that's the that's the plan with test cricket and then when I'm when I'm not playing test cricket um hopefully I can be back playing for Surrey um white ball cricket we've got 100 this summer which is exciting as well so there's there's a lot of cricket to be played which I'm really looking forward to so Ollie, perfect thank you very much for your time today really appreciate it and all the best no uh, out in India and for the for the months and, and years ahead so thank you no worries. Cheers. Thanks for having me. So Neil Kagram, Cricket Last Stories, Ollie Pope. Thank you.